My name is Patrick McGilvray, and I'm an experienced marathoner, ultra runner, sports nutritionist, master life coach, and weight loss coach for runners. I've dedicated my life to helping runners just like you properly fuel your body and your mind so you can get leaner, get stronger, run faster, and run longer than you ever thought possible. This is Running Lean. Hey there, and welcome to episode 178 of Running Lean. My name is Patrick McGilvray, the weight loss coach for runners. And today, weight loss principles every runner needs to know, part two, exercise. So most people will agree that exercise should be included in any weight loss plan. Unfortunately, most people think that exercise should be the only component of their weight loss plan. Eat less and move more, right? Isn't that the mantra that's been forced upon us for several decades now? How's that actually working for you? Not so great? Well, the good news is you're not alone. Didn't work for me either. There's more to losing weight than just exercising more and eating less. I know that if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a runner and you think that you've probably got the exercise thing down pat, but running alone or just running more isn't the answer when it comes to getting lean and strong and keeping the weight off for good. So today I'm going to lay out several exercise principles that every runner needs to know, especially if you want to lose weight and keep it off. This is part two of a three-part series called Weight Loss Principles. Every runner needs to know part one focused on nutrition principles. And next week, I'm going to do part three, which is all about the most important mindset principles you need to adopt in order to become your healthiest and most badass self. But first, let me ask you this. Any of this sound familiar? You work out every day and you don't lose weight. You train for something like a marathon. You actually gain weight. You track all your food. You count all your calories and still the scale never budges. Your eating feels out of control. You just can't seem to put the consistency that you need to gather. And you can't ever make any significant process. It's always like one step forward, two steps back. Or maybe you're just finally ready to be done with all of that, all the struggling. I know exactly what this feels like because I've been there. I struggled for years. I tried every diet you can imagine. Nothing ever worked for me, not long term. And all these diets had one thing in common. They all said, eat less, run more. And the more I ran and the less I ate, the more miserable I actually was. I was just like hungry all the time. And being that hungry all the time makes it very hard to lose weight, right? So that approach just doesn't work. So if you can relate to any of this or all of this, just know that there's nothing wrong with you. You don't lack willpower. You don't lack self-control. You're not a failure. You've just been given bad advice. Whatever you're doing doesn't work, right? Nothing changes if nothing changes. So maybe it's time for a change. If you're ready to try something different, something you've probably never tried before, just consider coaching. Coaching works where most cookie cutter plans fail. Why? Because coaching gives you the expert guidance, support, and advice that you need for you and your particular goals that the cookie cutter approaches just can't do for you, okay? Coaching also provides encouragement and motivation to keep you going, especially when things get hard. Coaching even offers up a little bit of tough love every now and then because sometimes we all just need a little kick in the butt to get us back on track. Coaching has been the one thing that changed everything for me, and I'm confident it can be the game changer for you too. Whether you're just getting started on your weight loss journey or you want to drop those last 10 pounds, check out the coaching project. 
This is my lifetime access weight loss coaching program designed specifically for runners. Just go to runningleancoaching.com slash join to learn all about it. I would love to see you in the coaching project. All right, let's get into these principles. These are weight loss principles that every runner needs to know. And today we're focused on exercise. So if you want to lose weight and you want to keep it off for good, there's a certain way of doing things that may go against some of the standard practices out there. Like I mentioned before, like running more and eating less, that just doesn't work for most people. Didn't work for me. And a lot of people I work with say it doesn't work for them either. That's why they come to me for advice and help. And so what I'm going to lay out for you today is the exercise principles that we need to start to kind of wrap our head around, okay? So I'm just going to jump into these. And the first one is this, that it is okay to keep exercising. I know this may sound a little crazy, <laughs> but there are a lot of coaches out there who tell people when they start out losing weight that they should stop exercising. And I know this sounds a little crazy, and here's why. Here's why they do it, because I had to look into this a little bit. If you want to lose weight and you're not someone who exercises regularly, it might be a lot to completely change how you're eating and start exercising at the same time. Think about that. If you're somebody who has weight to lose and you have not been exercising, to try to start a whole new diet and exercise at the same time can be a little overwhelming, right? It's hard enough to stick to a meal plan. Now you want to stick to a whole new exercise plan too? That can be a little bit much for people, especially if they're just getting started or they're not somebody who exercises regularly. But I have to say, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a runner and you probably run pretty consistently already, right? If so, great. Just keep doing that. You don't really need to change anything, right? Keep running. Let's focus on making changes around your nutrition at the beginning anyway. If you're not somebody who runs consistently and you want to lose weight, I'll suggest just focus on the food for a while. Go back and listen to the episode I did last week on nutrition. Start with that. But get used to eating differently. Wrap your head around that. Start developing some good habits around nutrition first. Then we can start working on an exercise plan. Okay? So it's okay to keep exercising. If that's something that you're doing now, just keep running. If you're going to the gym, if you're doing yoga, whatever it is you're doing, just keep doing it. Don't really change anything at the beginning. Just focus on the food at the beginning, okay? Second principle, it's not all about running. So <laughs> this is another one that runners will push back on me, uh, uh, with me on a little bit. But listen, you have to wrap your head around this. Losing weight is not about running a million miles. I say this all the time, okay? This isn't about just like increasing your run until you're running 85, 90 miles a week or something like that, okay? I talked about this last week. You can go back and listen to that episode again if you want to understand what the biggest driver is when it comes to weight loss. So that's going to be nutrition. There's lots of reasons why. But it, it isn't more cardio. You know, it's not all about the cardio. If you're running, keep on running. Just understand that you can't outrun that bad diet, right? So you've got to get your nutrition dialed in first. That's the most important factor when it comes to losing weight. Cardio 
or just running more is not going to solve your weight loss problems for you. You cannot run so much that you will just, um, you know, lose all this weight and be able to keep it off. And it's something that is, isn't really sustainable. So this leads me into like the next principle, which is just say no to chronic cardio. Oh, that kind of rhymes. Just say no to chronic cardio. Okay. What is chronic cardio? Chronic cardio is when you get out there and every single workout you do is medium hard, right? You never work out hard enough to get the adaptive effects of those hard workouts and you never work out easy enough to get the adapted cardiovascular effects of those workouts. So everything you do is a medium hard intensity. All your runs, all your you know uh, sessions at the gym, yoga, whatever. Everything is at this like medium hard intensity. And this is the way that I used to do it. And every run I would go out there and just push myself, not too hard, but not too easy. Uh, here's what happens when you do that, right? And the reason it's called chronic cardio is because it's constantly happening. It's constantly recurring. It's what you do every single day, day in and day out. Some of the problems, number one, is that this puts your body into a state of chronic stress. So stress is okay. And there's two types of stress. There's the chronic stress, which I'm going to get into in a minute here. But then there's acute stress. Acute stress is where you go and do like speed intervals and you do a, a HIIT workout where it's very short and very intense. And it's a very intense uh, amount of stress on your body, but you're, you have an adaptive response. Your body gets stronger. Your cardiovascular system improves. You're, you're, you go to the gym and you do a hard weightlifting session, very hard, very intense, but short, you know, and your muscles grow because of that, right? That's a, the adaptive response to acute stress. Then we have what we call chronic stress. Chronic stress is the kind of stress we don't want. Chronic stress is where your body is in a state of that fight or flight, uh, uh, fight or flight or freeze, you know, kind of all the time. You know, think about how we've a, a, uh, developed as human beings where, you know, we saw the saber-toothed tiger and we became stressed out about that. That's acute stress. We run away, you know, uh, uh, cortisol goes up, glucose gets produced, our, our bodies are, you know, adrenaline gets produced, whatever. And we can run away. So we have the energy for, for running away. But now a lot of times we put our bodies into this state of chronic stress where our cortisol levels are always high. Uh, our glucose levels are high, which means our insulin levels are always high, which means we're always storing fat, which means it's really hard to burn fat and lose weight. Chronic stress leads to chronic weight gain or the inability to lose weight. So if all your workouts are medium hard, you're going to put your body into that state of chronically being stressed. And we do not want that. Okay. Exercising this way will not help you to lose weight. In fact, the opposite might happen. You might just gain weight. And this is why a lot of people come to me and they're like, Patrick, I don't understand. I work out all the time. And then they start describing their workouts and I go, Hmm, I think I know what the problem is here. So we have to switch how you exercise, how you structure your runs, um, so what do you do instead? This leads me to the next principle, which is the 80-20 principle. So what is the 80-20 principle? This is where 
80% of your runs, 80% of your workouts should be easy, comfortable, low intensity, uh, conversational pace, zones one and two. And 20% of your workouts should be hard, high intensity. You cannot carry a conversation. Zones three to five. This is what the best runners in the world do. They focus 80% of their effort on low intensity and they build that cardiovascular base. They build that aerobic engine. And then 20% of the time they are focused on running super hard, super fast, tempo runs, fartlek, speed work, uh, hit training, that kind of stuff. And if you want to take a deep dive into this, read the book 80-20 Running by Matt Fitzgerald. It's great. A lot of science in there, but he does explain how this principle works, why it works in great detail. I'm not going to get into all the details of it here. But if you just take this 80-20 principle and you start applying that to how you're running now, this principle is going to help you immensely, right? You're going to start to improve you're running, you, you will actually improve your cardiovascular system, you'll improve your uh, running engine, so you'll be able to run longer distances, you'll improve your speed, um, and you're, you don't risk all the negative effects of having this elevated cortisol all the time and putting your body into that state of chronic stress, okay? So just understand that if you want a better approach, stay away from the chronic cardio, Focus on 80-20, and this is going to go a long way for you here. All right, next principle, resistance training beats cardio every time. So lean runners are strong runners. I told you the first and most important principle when it comes to losing weight is going to be to focus on nutrition. The second best thing you can do for yourself if you want to lose weight is resistance training. This is going to have the most impact over cardio. Okay. And most people don't understand this. So number one is going to be nutrition. The, the second biggest driver of your weight loss of your body composition is going to be resistance training. What is resistance training? So resistance training is weightlifting. It's called strength training a lot of times, but resistance training is using some sort of resistance. And this could be your own body weight. It could be weights at the gym. It could be anything heavy that you carry or resistance bands to cause an overload in your muscles. So they have an adaptive response. That adaptive response can be more than just building strength. So when we say strength training, yes, we want to build strength. We want to become stronger. But you can also build endurance, power, speed, hypertrophy, which is larger muscles. So depending on what your goals are, you might want to build power and speed because you want to increase your uh, running time. You know, you want to be more explosive. Maybe you want to run a faster 5K. So you might want to focus on power and speed versus hypertrophy. Like you don't want to get big and bulky. Okay. So here's what happens though, when you do not focus on resistance training. So most runners kind of neglect doing resistance training the right way. They just don't do it the right way or they don't do it at all. And when you neglect regular resistance training, weight loss will take longer because your metabolism will actually slow down a little bit. You'll be actively storing more body fat. 
you're at a higher risk of injury. Runners who don't build strong muscles and connective tissues are more likely to get injured. So being strong means you can run, hopefully, injury-free. You won't be able to run as far. Having weak muscles means your body won't be able to carry you as far before fatigue sets in. So being a strong runner means you can run longer. And you won't be able to run as fast. Being a strong runner means you can run at higher intensities for longer. So strong runners are faster and more powerful. On the flip side, here's what you can expect when you stick to a regular strength training routine. You will lose weight and faster. So the more muscle mass that you have means the more fat you're burning. Carrying muscle around requires more energy than carrying fat, so your metabolism actually increases just by getting a little bit bigger and a little stronger. This doesn't mean you're gonna be big and jacked. That's really hard to do. You don't need to worry about that. Building muscle also speeds up the fat adaptation process, which helps you burn even more fat. Building strong muscles means you're at a much lower risk of injury, especially from those connective tissue problems. Most runners' muscles adapt pretty quickly, but your connective tissues, ligaments, and tendons, they take a little bit longer to get strong. That's why most running-related injuries are ligament and tendon injuries, not muscle injuries. Also, your endurance will improve. Your ability to run longer distances before fatigue sets in vastly improves. So become a better long-distance runner. And you'll get faster. Carrying more muscle means your power to weight ratio improves substantially. So you'll be able to run faster at higher intensities for longer periods. Lastly, you'll live longer. A new meta study in the British Journal of Medicine says that people who do regular strength training are less likely to die prematurely than those who don't, even when they don't do any cardio at all. So in my opinion, I think that the number two thing you can do besides changing your nutrition is focus on resistance training and then decide do you want to build stronger muscles do you want to build more power more speed more endurance or do you want to put on more muscle you know focus on hypertrophy so you got to figure that out but resistance training beats cardio every time next principle you have to understand this running is catabolic so long distance running is catabolic which means that it does break down muscle to some extent. So running is not a muscle building activity on its own. It's a muscle depleting activity. This is another reason why doing regular resistance training is so important. You gotta keep up with this so you don't lose muscle. This is also why you need to prioritize protein as a runner. You can lose weight while training for a marathon or any other race, you just have to make sure that you're not losing muscle weight, right? So regular resistance training and getting enough protein will offset the catabolic effects of running. It doesn't have to be catabolic. It doesn't have to be a problem for you. You just have to make sure you're doing regular resistance training and getting enough protein too. Okay, next principle. I wanna just kind of break these two things down here. Activity versus exercise. So. Physical activity, this is any bodily movement produced by your muscles that require energy expenditure. Exercise, on the other hand, is a subcategory of physical activity that is planned, structured, repetitive, and purposely focused on improvement or maintenance of one or more components of physical fitness. So for example, Activities would be things like walking the dog, playing with kids, yard work, house cleaning. These are not 
forms of exercise. They are activity. Exercise is things like running, weightlifting, cycling, swimming, yoga, and on and on, right? I think we kind of understand this, but I just want to make this very clear to you. And here's why I'm bringing this up. Because the key words I want you to focus on here are planned, structured, repetitive, and purposefully focused on improvement. So think about your current exercise regimen. How often do you plan your workouts? Do you have a plan? You should have a plan. <laughs> All your workouts should be planned for the week, whether you're running, weightlifting, doing uh, cross-training, swimming, yoga, whatever, these should all be on your calendar. They should be planned ahead of time. How repetitive are they? How consistent are you with that plan? You should be consistent with your exercise routine because that's the only way you're going to see improvements, right? How purposefully focused on improvement are they? Do you have clear goals? Are you tracking your progress? And are you making steady progress? If so, great. If not, why not? Like for running, you need clear running goals. You need a solid running plan. You need to be consistent with your training. Like don't ever work, don't ever miss two workouts in a row. And then every run, every workout has to have a purpose. Like you need to be continually making progress towards those goals. And if you're not, you need to look, kind of look at why am I not making progress? Am I overtraining? Am I not getting enough rest? Uh, what is the problem here? How can I change things so that I'm getting good results, so that I'm moving closer to those goals that I have for myself? So I just want you to understand that when it comes to exercise, it has to be planned, structured, repetitive, and you have to be focused on improving. Most people don't do it this way. They treat running like it's, you know, yard work, right? Running just becomes another activity, which is great. If that's all you want to do, you just want to treat it as like something that you do, like walking the dog, that's fine. But if you want to improve, if you want to get faster, if you want to run farther, you know, if you're focused on weight training and you want to get bigger muscles or improve your body composition or get more toned, especially for the beach, whatever, then you need structure. You need goals. You need to be planning this. You need repetition and purpose. Okay. If you want to PR your next half marathon, you can't just wing it with your training. You have to have it planned and structured and you have to have this focus on improvement. Okay. So that is the big difference between activity and exercise, which leads me to my next principle, which is you have to prioritize rest and recovery. I know a lot of people do not want to talk about this. And I know a lot of runners who run or work out every single day, and they do not give themselves a chance to rest and recover properly. And I just have to say, when it comes to changing your body composition, losing weight, too much stress, a lack of sleep, lack of proper rest and recovery will result in chronic stress and the inability to lose weight. So just understand that you have to prioritize rest and recovery. Um, you know, you, you cannot train every single day hard, like I mentioned earlier, unless you make sure that you're prioritizing rest and recovery. You have to have those days built into your training plan, right? So think about how we build muscle, right? So you overload your muscle 
you have an adaptive response, which means your muscle grows in response. Or let's say you want to improve your running, you do a hard, intense speed workout, and then the next day you you rest and your body improves in that off time, in that downtime, in that rest period. That adaptive response does not happen on days when you're doing intense training. It just doesn't. It requires rest and recovery for this to happen. So if you're not seeing progress in your weight loss, if you're not seeing progress in your running or your strength training, then you need to look at how is my rest and recovery, right? Remember, we don't want to be in that state of chronic stress, chronic, uh, chronically high cortisol levels, because that's just going to keep us holding on to excess body fat, okay? Um, and it leads to chronic fatigue. And if you feel like tired all the time, uh, maybe you can't get a good night's sleep, which is a key component of rest. Maybe your workouts have diminished, like your, your ability to work out uh, well has diminished, your performance has gone down, your workouts feel harder, your endurance is tanked. Um, if any of this stuff is happening, then look at rest and recovery, right? This also has a mental impact, right? You don't have uh, as clear a head. You might be in a grumpy mood. You might start to lose your motivation. You just don't feel like running anymore, right? So you need to focus on rest and recovery because when you do, you give your body a chance to rebuild, to repair and recover from those hard workouts so that you have that positive adaptive response. You're able to go harder on your hard days, which means you'll improve your fitness even faster. And that's the thing that people don't understand. They think, oh, I don't wanna miss a day. I'm just gonna do these hard workouts every day so that I improve faster. Well, the opposite is actually true. If you wanna improve faster, focus on rest and recovery days, okay? You give your body a chance to adapt to your training load. Adapting means that you'll get stronger and you'll improve like your cardiovascular system, you can increase the intensity and the duration of your workouts as long as you're getting enough rest and recovery time. You won't be as fatigued. You'll feel better. Your workouts will actually get easier and you'll get those positive mental benefits. So you'll feel more clear headed. You'll be happier and less moody and stuff like that. Okay. So just understand that rest and recovery have to be a priority. And if they're not, put them in your schedule. Just put those days in your schedule. All right, next principle is this. You need to be working on flexibility and mobility every single day. One of the most debilitating aspects of this world we live in today is sitting in chairs all day, right? You run, you lift weights, and that's all great. You know, you get your exercise in every day. But what about the eight hours or whatever it is a day that you're sitting in a chair at work or the two or three hours at night when you're sitting down watching TV before you go to bed? I did a little research on this. The average American adult sits down in a chair for about seven hours every day. That's average. Some people it's a lot more, some people it's a little bit less. For teenagers, it's around eight hours a day. And research has linked sitting for long periods of time with a number of health concerns like obesity, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, excess body fat, unhealthy cholesterol levels. And these all make up what's called metabolic syndrome. And by the way, about 88% of the US population is considered metabolically unhealthy. This is not where you wanna be. This is not a good trend. So sitting all day contributes to this. It's not good for you. But I get it, you have to work, your kids have to go to school, they gotta sit at desks, whatever. So what do you do? 
Work on improving your flexibility and your mobility every day. And this is one of those areas where I talk to people about this. I talk to clients about this and I can see their eyes kind of rolling back in their head and they're like, oh my gosh, just one more thing I got to do. I don't have time for this. I'm already working out all the time. I don't have time to work on this. But listen, you got to make time for this. <laughs> you do not want to be one of those 88%. Okay. So there's a few things you can do. I'm going to just talk about a couple of things you can do that are super simple, but that they're going to make such a huge difference for you. Number one, Get a stand-up desk. If you don't have one already, just get one. I have one. I love it. I'm up and down all day. I'm sitting right now, but a lot of times I'll record this podcast while I'm standing. And so I move the desk. Mine is actually one that can go up and down and I'll move it up and down and, and switch every meeting that I have. I'll stand up for one and then I'll sit so that I'm cutting the amount of time that I'm sitting in a chair in half by doing that right there. That's a huge game changer right there. Another thing you can do, which is so simple, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but this is just get on the ground, <laughs> spend time on the ground, sitting on the ground, squatting, getting up and down from the ground, laying on the ground. You can do this any time during the day, grab your laptop, put it on the ground, just sit on the ground. Um, you can do it while you're watching TV. You can, you know, do it while you're eating dinner. Just put your dinner on the coffee table and just sit there on the ground. You know, there's cultures that do this already, right? And little kids do this all the time. I recently spent some time with my grandson and uh, my son and his wife had to go to a wedding and they were like, can you come and watch, um, you know, Viggy is his name. Can you come and watch him for a few hours while we go to this wedding? So we spent a lot of time together and which was really interesting, I was just watching him for a long time. He's probably thinking like, geez, what are you doing, weirdo? But I'm just watching him and he's on the ground the whole time. He's squatting, he's sitting, he's crawling around. He wants to play this game with me called crawlies, which is just like um, crawling around and I gotta chase him around while we're both crawling and it was super fun. But the point is that little kids do this naturally. This is our natural state as humans getting and moving around on the ground is how <laughs> how we evolve and how we learn good posture and sitting and this is very natural for us too but we've gotten far away from this this world that we live in now with chairs and couches and we sit everywhere is just it's not good for us right there is this field of study this field of um uh what's the right word like rehabilitation that's called dns or dynamic neuromuscular stabilization Fancy word, I'm gonna, I'm gonna describe what it is. I'm gonna give you like their definition of what it is and then I'm gonna tell you in a nutshell what it is. So DNS, Dynamic Neuromuscular Stabilization, is about the nervous system and how it establishes programs that control human posture, human movement, and our gait. So this motor control is largely established during the first critical years of life. DNS emphasizes neurodevelopmental aspects of motor control in order to assess and restore dysfunction of the locomotor system and associated syndromes. Okay, that was a lot, right? <laughs> Here's what DNS is in a nutshell. It's about restoring our natural movement. It uses postures, positions, and movements based on what babies and toddlers do naturally. 
So if you look up DNS positions, DNS exercises, you will see pictures of babies and then the adult version of that thing. So a baby may be in a squatting position and then the adult is in the squatting position. And they explain you know, why these movements are so natural and so important. But I noticed that my grandson has all this flexibility. Like it's crazy how flexible he is. And I'm trying to do the same things he's doing. And I'm like, dang, I can't do that anymore. Like I used to be able to do that, you know? So we lose that as we get older. Okay, so I know this sounds crazy, but I'm just telling you right now that the main benefits of DNS are gonna be improved mobility, improved flexibility, and improved stability. Every mobility issue, tight muscle or stuck joint is really an underlying stability issue. So if you can improve your stability, all this stuff goes away. So get on the ground. This doesn't take any extra time. Just get on the ground and do what little babies do. It's so fun to just roll around on the ground and sit up and get up and down. If you find, if you're older, like I am, and you find that getting up off the ground is like, ooh, my knees are cracking and it's like, takes a little bit more effort than it used to, then this is something you need to focus on, okay? Here's the thing, if you did this regularly, if you focused on this type of DNS training, this like getting on the ground, spending time on the ground, and consistent resistance training, you would feel amazing, you would improve your health, your body composition, your vitality, your longevity, and just become an overall badass, really. If you just did these two things, running, fine, run, keep running. But I'm just gonna tell you that this and resistance training are gonna go so far for you in feeling better, but also in improving your body composition, losing weight. So this brings me to my last principle I wanna talk about today, which is run because you love it. Don't run to lose weight, it doesn't work. I think you understand why by now. Run because you love running. And people say this to me all the time. They say, gosh, Patrick, I just love running. Running is like my therapy. And I love this because just like therapy, running helps you to feel good about yourself. It helps you to build self-confidence and self-esteem. It helps you to improve your self-awareness. It helps you to connect with yourself and with other people better. And just like therapy, running can help mitigate depression and anxiety. Lots of studies have shown this. So running makes us feel better about ourselves. People who run regularly are typically happier. So run because you love it. Running helps you improve your focus and your concentration throughout the day. So you can actually be more productive. It's an amazing stress reliever. So run not to lose weight, not because you have to. Run because you love running, right? If you're running just to try to lose weight, you're gonna be very stressed out. It's just gonna cause a lot of unnecessary stress in you, okay? And don't run because you have to. It's not a chore, right? You're not trying to prove something to others either. Just run because you wanna prove something to yourself. Run because it feels good to run. Run because you, you wanna become healthier and happier and you want more for yourself. You wanna improve. Run because you love running. So maybe it's time to change how you run a little bit. Maybe leave your watch at home, leave your phone at home. Just go run naked 
they say <laughs> that doesn't mean without clothes. It just means running without your watch and your phone, no headphones, just go out and run. Focus on your breathing, focus on the surroundings, focus on nature. Maybe use this time while you're running to give thanks for everything that you have in your life. Think about the trees and the birds and the sidewalk and the dirt path beneath your feet. Think about how grateful you are for everything in your life. Maybe you can use this time to meditate or to pray. However you do this, it's up to you. But I just want to encourage you to, to run because you love running, not because you have to. So those are the principles I wanted to share with you today, all about exercise. Remember, this is part two of a three-part series called Weight Loss Principles Every Runner Needs to Know. Uh, check out uh, last week's, if you haven't already, all about nutrition. And then next week, I'm going to come out with part three, which is going to focus on the mindset principles every runner needs to know. And to make sure you never miss an episode, just subscribe to the podcast and whatever podcast app that you used. And listen, if you're ready to begin your weight loss journey, I have just the thing to help you get started on the right track. I put together a brand new hour-long training just for you. It's called Five Simple Steps to Becoming a Leaner, Stronger Runner. In this training, I'm going to teach you how to lose weight the right way and how to keep it off without running a million miles a week. A few things you'll learn in this training. Why running more and eating less is not an effective way to lose weight and what to do instead. The one thing runners don't do or do wrong when they try to lose weight. The best fuel to use to improve your running endurance and help you lose weight. How to create the mindset shifts necessary to develop new habits that last for life. And then the one thing that I did that was really the key for me being able to lose the weight and keep it off for good and something you should probably do too, and tons more. It's super fun. It's free. Uh, if you're ready to get leaner and get stronger, if you're ready to run faster and run longer and become the healthiest version of yourself, check out this free training. And did I mention that it's free? Well, it is free. Okay. Just go to runningleancoaching.com and click on free training. There's never going to be a better time than right now to get started. So just go to runningleancoaching.com and click on free training today. Well, that's all I got for you today. Love you all. Keep on running lean and I'll talk to you soon.